This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald. Damon, we need to start off with the biggest news story that everyone's talking about that's going to shake our listeners to their very core, which is, I'll read you the headline, Fears over Walker's crisp shortage amid Eddie Stobart strike. So, of course, you'll have heard about this. Crisp lovers are being warned to brace themselves for a possible summer shortage after Walker's delivery drivers voted for strike action. Eddie Stobart, lorry drivers working for Walkers based on the depot at Leecroft Road in Birchwood are set to walk out on strikes beginning next weekend and Unite has warned that supermarkets, pubs and corner shops in the northwest could be facing a quote-unquote crisp famine oh over goodness. the next few weeks. Oh my goodness. Well, listen, what are we going to do here? What's the uh, what's the game plan? You stocking up? You gotta, uh, uh, do, you need, do you need to... Uh, restock that supply of uh, rations that if, even if there was a nuclear war you would survive because you have so much of them you could eat for years well, thank thank goodness Damon I don't live in the northwest of England because oh, if I did I, I would be sweating right now I would be thinking of moving house seriously <laughs> and I, I'm sure we do have some listeners in the northwest of England and if we do I, I'm so very very sorry my heart goes out to you because this is this is nothing short of a tragedy. Yeah, trying times. Trying times up there. Well, listen, I, I hope they make it through. Here's the thing, though. A lot of times, things actually get, get sorted out at the last minute. You know, last minute, everybody's trying to negotiate and, and you know, uh, play, they're playing their best cards now. But when it comes right down to it, nobody, nobody wins in a crisp shortage. Right? Nobody wins. I know. I, I fully support industrial action. I'm all in favour of, uh, of unionisation and all of that stuff. But when people's crisps are involved, surely you've got to draw a line there. Right. I mean, we're talking about humanity here, right? Decency. All the, all the things that make us civilised human beings. Uh, I think this is a uh, troubling time. But again, I think cooler heads will prevail. And uh, almost like the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, a, a crisp crisis will be averted. That is my prediction. I remember the first time I went to Japan a couple of years ago, I bought obviously a, a ton of crisps and then came back and then there was a news story that there was a crisp shortage in Japan or something about bad weather and potato crops and stuff and um, I, I hope I'm not bad luck for the international crisp community. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm jinxing it, Damon. No, no, I think you are. You are its number one ambassador, sir. You are king of all crisps and uh, royalty. When it comes to, uh, as we like to say here, the potato chip, so no, I think uh, I think just the opposite. I think I think, as a matter of fact, you're the one that's calling uh, this out and alerting the people and making sure that they are well prepared and well stocked. And uh, you're doing you're doing God's work, is what you're doing, Joel. That's what you're doing. All right, stay safe, everyone. <laughs> stay safe. Right, a <laughs> couple of questions to uh, get us warmed up here. Liam from the Discord says, Hi, who has the best hair in New Japan? I need to go get a haircut sometime and need a style inspiration. It's a 100% serious question. Promise, I would have said Kushida, but, you know, he's no longer here. So, Damon, who do you think has the best haircut in New Japan? I mean, you're, you're I don't know. I, I mean, why would you come to us for, for that kind of advice? We stink. I mean, have you taken a look at me? 
a, a taking a looking at me. Did you just hear me? Did taking taking a looking at me? Uh, I don't have any. No, uh, I don't. Joel, you would be. You have a you have a nice quaff. You have, dare I say, almost um, oh, a very. Uh, I mean, it's not quite all there, but you could you could say that uh, it's somewhat Morrissey inspired the haircut from you. Uh, I don't know what that looks like. No, all right, <laughs> maybe I thought I, 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 I was like, it's kind of. A, but you have you have the hair fashion. You got the uh, you got the locks to be able to provide some insight. Crisps and locks. Uh, best hair. Uh, who has the best hair, Joel? I mean, look. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say. I think I, honestly, probably Ibushi. Ibushi. Uh, yeah. I think he's probably definitely not Naito. No, that's just dried out fucking straw, man. Sorry. And concealing a receding hairline. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, that's just straw. That's just like, you need some fucking VO5 or some shit, right? How about me knowing what the fuck VO5 is? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, I wouldn't say that. What, is, what about Tana? See, I think Tana puts in the effort, but I, I don't know if it's necessarily the best, right? But he definitely, to me, is able to pull off multiple different hairstyles, like, and he has no shame about it. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. Like, he'll come out with braids, he'll come out with this extensions, and then the next day he has like almost like a little bob cut. Looks like fucking Belinda Carlisle. Um, yeah, he's. I think he has the most balls, and I appreciate that. I like his nuts. I think he's got balls at Tanahashi when it comes to hairstyle. So I might say him. I might say him. All right, uh, next is a question from RBX2000 who says, going to London next week for the fifth time and looking for stuff to do that's slightly less of the usual tourist stuff. Any recommendations, Joel? Now, he sent that question to me, but Damon, you have been to London. What were the most enjoyable experiences for you visiting there that you would recommend? Oh, uh, great question. Uh, I mean, you don't want to do the tourist stuff, so okay. So, but, but I will say this, the view from Trafalgar Square when you're looking and you see, uh, you know, the Big Ben Tower, you know, that's all pretty breathtaking, actually. And it is a bit touristy, but I, I feel like that's that's something good. Um, I'll tell you what. Go to – I like shopping. Uh, is, it, is it Carnaby Street? I think that's wonderful. Yes. I, I think that is a fantastic spot to hang out, drink, plenty of great restaurants. So I would highly recommend that area. Um you know what? If you can try in, in whatever your schedule is, it doesn't even matter what it is. Go to, to uh, Royal Albert Hall. Like that's just like a historic building to be in. Uh, all the great shows, all the great concerts that have ever been. That's not bad. And if the weather is nice, I would say you know what? Get get a good sandwich. Get some crisps if they're still there. Uh, go to Hyde Park. It's beautiful, gorgeous. Spend a nice day there. So. Plenty to do. I, I, those, those are probably my three, I would say, uh, if, if uh, I'm going back. I'm hitting those spots. Yeah, I was going to say Hyde Park, too. I, you know, I I won't rule out the touristy stuff. I think there's some touristy stuff in London that I enjoy. I really like the Natural History Museum. That's a, mm. a magnificent piece of architecture, and uh, both inside and outside. And I'm a big fan of London Zoo. I had a When I lived in London, I had a... Uh, season pass there so I could go anytime I wanted and quite often I would just walk around London Zoo listening to an audio book looking at all my favorite animals uh, and had a really nice time so 
That's going to be my recommendations for you. It's not if bad. I think of anything else, I will tweet. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I love I love London. It's one of my favorite cities. It's, it's you know just you're right. The architecture and it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Joel. Museums free, right? A lot of the a lot of the most famous paintings in the world. Van Gogh. Uh, I mean, yeah, most just, of the museums and art galleries are free. free. That's right. You know, so I mean, you're seeing legitimate works of art, not like some fucking Joe Schmo painting. You're seeing legit works of art for free, um, so yeah, I would recommend that. And and I guess the main ones right at Trafal- right in Trafalgar Square. So um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a good spot. All right, that's good. A little little uh, tour guide. We're like the Travel Channel again. We're doing good here. Okay, a little piece of news here. People talking and speculating about the fact that Kenny Omega's profile has gone from the New Japan website uh, list on the profile page. Now. If we were searching for reasons behind this, Damon, probably, probably, I'm just guessing here, the end of the residual three-month period that grants promotions rights to sell leftover stock. So there's no more image rights. No reason for New Japan to keep Omega's profile up. Uh, what do you say to that? I would say that's a very good guess <laughs> and very well-thought-out guess. Uh, and and probably even more than the guess. Read between the lines, people. Uh Yes, I think uh, I think it was much to do about nothing, and uh, again, I, uh, nobody has said that he's not never working with New Japan again. Nobody's ever said that. Uh, just maybe not now. They're just they're, you know just not in the uh, very near future. But that's not to say that they will never work again. And I truly believe that they will. Uh, it's just you know people have other things going on, and that's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. Have you seen this video that's doing the rounds of Kenny at one of these press events, asked about Ibushi, and Kenny breaks down in tears oh. and said that, oh, if, I, if I'd if i asked Ibushi to come to AW with me, he would have done it, but I knew how important it is for him to stay in New Japan and try and win the IWGP heavyweight title. And he was visibly weeping as he was really? giving these answers, Damon. Yeah. Man's in love. It, again, the, the more things like this that come out, it is just like you know, uh, a whole breakup. You know, it's just like the classic things of you know, little. Uh, I, I don't know. Look, it, it just seems to me. And if it's not, then w- whatever. They're 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 really good friends. But I mean, come on. Let's. Uh, have you ever cried over another guy? <laughs> Uh, just saying. You know what I mean? Have you cried over last? The last guy who made me cry, right, was uh, Gareth Southgate in 1996 when he missed the decisive penalty in the shootout in the Euro '96 semi-final with Germany. Yeah, was it a full-out? But we we didn't really have a close relationship. But (laughs) yeah, I I was really upset. Yeah, well, you were full out. Just you're just inconsolable. Sobbing. Were you sobbing? Yeah, nine-year-old me was just was not having it. I was in, I was in a bad place, David. <laughs> Real dark spot for you. Ah, it would have been adorable. I would, love, would have loved to have seen nine nine-year-old. I was probably older. I think the last when was the last time I cried over a guy? It might have been my dad's funeral. It might have been it. It might have been it. But I'm not a big crier. I'm not a John crier. Uh. No, you know what? No, I take that back. I know the last time I cried. And I and you know the last time I cried. 
was when I had quite a quite a struggle getting on an airplane in January. That was the last time. I oh yeah, that was the last. Well, time. That, that was quite the struggle. Oh my god, what a what a time to have a complete fucking meltdown. Ah, oh, I'm like, I don't know if I can get on this plane, Joel. You're like, and you were so nice. You were like, dude, I, I think I think you want to, you can do it. Just think of all your friends are going to be there. Like, I, you know, don't do anything you don't want to do. But blah 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 blah. Fucking Eric was like, get your ass on that fucking plane, you ass. <laughs> I don't want to hear this shit. You're going. Which, which one was more helpful? <laughs> well, I mean, both had their strengths. Uh, you know, both the uh, both were uh, taken into uh, constructive feedback. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, it was funny. One, but here's like both, and even Eric too, was just like, dude, you can be fine. Blah, 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 blah. You just hang in there. I know you hate it, but just go. Um, but yeah, that was the last, that was, that was the last time. Oh, what a fucking night that was. I mean, it's like 930 at night and I'm pacing in my goddamn, I'm Joe Lanza. I'm pacing in my den. Um, just like, I can't get on this plane. I didn't. I, I and I just had my suitcase, like my luggage, out, but nothing was packed, and I didn't even. I had to wake up at like two o'clock in the morning to get this plane, and uh, I still wasn't even like in my mind, like going. And I know people think it was like a big fucking work. Like, ah, of course you didn't. You know you were going, and I always wanted to go that year, but I just didn't. I just didn't think I had the money. I just didn't have the things, and you know how everything fell together. We all know the story. All right, what else we got, Joel Abraham? Well, Damon McDonald, it is lucky that we did not record yesterday because there was some massive news today. We've been speculating for weeks about the identity of Juice Robinson's mystery challenger, the shady person in these Time's Up video segments. And it was revealed today as none other than John Moxley, otherwise known as Dean Ambrose from WWE, which was a big surprise to a lot of people. I know certainly myself, I was sort of fixated on the... Union Jack on the jacket of this character in the bar, right. which led me <laughs> last night to be trawling cage match because Juice Robinson made a comment about it being someone from his past saying, I know who you are. I'm not the same person. So I thought, oh, it's someone he's wrestled before. So I was looking back. Who's he wrestled? That's British. Uh, stumbled across uh, Barry Griffiths, also known as Goliath from UK Gladiators, also known as Mason Ryan from WWE. I was like, ah, it's him. It's Mason Ryan. <laughs> Thank God. Thank fuck it's not Mason Ryan. And it is John Moxley. Very, very exciting. Um, so regarding the flag, Tiny Pink Mouse, who does great work on our Discord, says Mox used to have a UK flag in his trunks for the longest time. It was left over from earlier when he was inexplicably presented as being British when he was wrestling in, I want to say, Puerto Rico. So there you go. Maybe a bit of insight into why the Union Jack was featured there. So people were quite surprised about this. It was uh, an unusual move to reveal this before the show because I thought we wouldn't find out who it was until the show, the this, uh, Best of the Super Juniors final at Ryogoku Sumo Hall. Right. But I can see why they've done it because they maybe, is my guess, they want to capitalise on all the double or nothing hype where John Moxley made an appearance after the main event and everyone's talking about that. So now all those people buzzing about double or nothing will be thinking, oh, I can see this guy having a, a wrestling match in New Japan against this guy, Juice Robinson. So it gets casuals in for the best of the Super Juniors final who will see that match and hopefully they'll stick around and watch the final, whether it be, let's say it's Shingo Takagi against Will Ospreay. They'll stay, they'll watch that final and they'll hopefully be hooked to the product so a chance to convert some casual viewers into new fans uh the japanese tweet did say that uh moxley's is going to wrestle at Ryogoku. goku so oh. sort of looking long term on this it's quite interesting that 
the main event winner and the surprise running on Double or Nothing, which, I mean, let's be fair, that's the biggest US wrestling show for ages, has just gone straight into a big New Japan show right after that. Yeah, now, looking into this. That's, that's yeah, go ahead. Right? No, I was going to say that's. I mean, that's pretty amazing when you when you, you know, a, a lot of the struggles that New Japan fans have have been having in recent months has been, you know, kind of watching this shiny new toy get built um, and feeling a little bit left out of that, um, and 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 the relationship that we have with uh, a a North American partner that. You know, has left a little bit to be desired, right? So you know, you got the new shiny toy that's that's making all the news and all the headlines. It does feel like you know. Well, I mean, look at it right now. You got Jericho, right? And now uh, Moxley. That's. Uh, I mean, that that, 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 that two, two of their, their biggest stars. I mean, take away Kenny. I mean, you you've got their biggest stars. So. Uh, I, yeah, that, that that why do you did you get any feedback? I know that you know there was there was um you know a lot of speculating, but did did we hear anything about why they would announce it now? Did they did did anybody have anything to say of because it does seem a little bit odd? What did they do? Just announce it over Twitter? Yeah, Moxley announced it over Twitter, and I, I'm assuming someone from up top told him to do that. That would be my assumption, and yeah, my only guess would be because Double or Nothing is so hot right now, the event was such a success and everyone's talking about it that they just wanted to capitalise on that. Right. All right, yeah, listen. Strike while the iron's hot, I guess, yeah? Okay. All right, listen. I like it. Do you, well, let me ask you this now. This does open up some speculation. I mean, I know that he signed a multi-year contract, correct, uh, with AEW. But correct me if I'm wrong as well. Uh, he does have, obviously, the right to, to do international dates uh, and with AEW's contract being the priority and those dates being the priority, do you see him participating in a summertime tournament that happens every year, begins with a G and ends in a one? That's a difficult question because there are a lot of obstacles, roadblocks here, because the G1 runs through this fight for the fallen date doesn't it? So uh-huh. if you look at the dates, and this is something that uh, Moxley has been announced for. So the first day of the G1 in Japan is the same day as Fight for the Fallen, which I believe AEW has advertised Moxley for. So like they could have him in the B block that starts the next day, right. which would be a bit of a crazy travel schedule. So I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, two minds about this because one, he seems like the kind of guy who might just have a sort of Jericho deal, come and do these one-off matches. But then you think, you know, he's just coming out of WWE. Maybe he'd fancy that challenge to do something, take part in something like a G1. And if the offer's on the table, you think you want to take it. And I'm sure New Japan will want that. And especially if there's a possibility of him winning that IWGP US Championship off Juice Robinson, you'd think that they want the US Champion taking part in the G1 Climax. Right. So, gone to my head, Damon especially with Dallas as well. If there's a way that they could get him on that Dallas show, maybe even stick him in the co-main or the main event. Yep. I I would say, yes, I think, I think we are going to see John Moxley in the G1. Yeah, I do too. I mean, and and again, Dallas being the, the key, right? That's a, that's a nice sexy name for people that might be on the fence at, you know, and attending the show. That's a name people know, right? You know, they see that 
that helps. That helps move some. T- I think I think he's a, a ticket mover. You think he's a ticket mover? Definitely. Yeah. And th- this is the interesting thing. I'm thinking about long term effects too because this is a guy who weirdly WWE knew he was on the way out and they gave him this massive public uh, drawn out send off yeah. with all these special shows and all oh, the final shield thing oh Dean Ambrose is leaving blah 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 I can't imagine that they expected him to one go straight into All Elite and <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling within the space of a fortnight surely if they thought he was going to do that they wouldn't have given him such a big send off or maybe they're just trying to be nicer to their independent contractors i don't know because you you have to think how many guys in wwe are looking at mox seeing him strolling into huge aw programs new japan programs in such a short space of time and thinking i fancy a piece of that action right right and 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 especially a guy who it kind of felt like was just sputtering uh you know at the company that he just left look i'm sure there's there but here's the thing that company they're very proactive in making life difficult for you or, you know, finally recognizing you're alive and you're a human being if you, you know, start bitching and moaning. It's like, you know, the 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 squeaky wheel getting the grease with that company at this point. You know, you start complaining online, you start bitching and moaning. Seems like they, uh, at least financially, try to lock you down. Yeah, All- you look at other examples. I've got like... Luke Harper, is it, who has been equally vocal with his dissatisfaction. And they've said, not only are you not allowed to leave, uh, because you were injured for six months, we're slapping an extra six months onto your contract. So right. it can go both ways. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty notorious for doing all that. Um, so, but yeah, it, it is weird that it, it, all the send-offs, all the, you know, it was like, a, you know, a, a, the fucking retirement tour going through. They're like the, he's like the who. Uh it's uh, look the AEW was able to capitalize on that. I th- I really feel like like if they just kind of had him fade off into uh, obscurity, do you think it would have been as big of a deal? But I feel like this guy was just on WWE TV. It feels like it anyway. It feels like he was just on TV. It feels like they were doing nine hundred sendoffs on Raw, right? Um. So, yeah, I, listen, I like it. Now, here's my only question. Do you think he fits? Do you think he fits the New Japan mold of what New Japan looks for? Or do you think it's good that, that he doesn't fit that mold and it's something different and fresh? Yeah, I don't think there is a quote-unquote New Japan mold anymore. I think they are doing good work in bringing in different styles of wrestlers, like a Chris Jericho. And I think Mox is in that similar vein I think you can get kind of plunder style brawling matches which seem to be what he's best at so I'm quite excited to see what the in-ring output is going to be from him I think it's going to be different it's going to be fresh yeah I do too I'm excited for this that's that that this is a good this is a good and how about for juice Let's be honest here. That's, yeah, I, what do you think this does for Juice? Because a lot know. of people are saying, oh, he's getting buried, he's going to lose no. his title again, blah, blah, blah. That's not how I see it. He's a, now in a huge program with a massive superstar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's getting the guy that has all the buzz. Now, again, he might lose, but I don't think that's a bury. You know, he might win the title back. And, and I'll, I'll go so far as to say, I don't know if it's a 100% fucking lock that he loses that title. I don't think it's a 100% lock. I think... 
people are leaning that way, and logic would probably dictate that he does. But I don't think it's a 100 fucking percent lock. Uh, no, I, I think this is a good thing for Juice. No, I, I, I again, you're in a program with a, with a guy that's getting all kinds of, you know, not only just wrestling buzz, but correct me if I'm wrong, you know, even like national buzz. Um, on a all right, listen. If if New Japan can find a way to parlay this into maybe Juice making an appearance on AEW TV, you don't think that's going to be fucking helpful for that guy's career? Like he'd be, he'd jump through through hoops to make that happen, and I think New Japan would jump through hoops to make that happen. You know, as long as Juice isn't, you know, look, made to look like a fucking jabron, but I don't think that's the case. I don't think that'll happen. No, I think it's a good thing for him. Love it. What do you think it suggests for? The future of New Japan and all elite wrestling possibly working together. I, I like I said, I think it's inevitable. I, I can't imagine them not. I just think there's too many too there's too too much interconnection. There's too much interweaving. It's not a hard thing to do either. I really don't. I know there's egos and I know there's pride, but pride fucking stinks sometimes. Just I sound like a well, what was that? What, I feel, Marcel's Wallace was it? Pride is a motherfucker. Uh, look, fuck pride. Fuck pride. Right, right. Um, I just think it's inevitable, and I think I think it has to happen. I really do. You, you, you. New Japan has an opportunity. As long, but here's the thing too. I think New Japan is very used to being the company that pulled the strings, right? Especially in that Ring of Honor relationship. I feel like New Japan pulls the strings in that relationship. I don't think they can be that promotion with AEW. At best, I think that there is a absolute level playing ground that has to occur because I don't think either company is going to want to kind of bow down to the other company. Um, so I think that's going to be an important thing. Now, that might result in that safe booking. You're not going to see too many surprises, that kind of stuff, right? Because everybody's protecting their own assets. But uh, if they can kind of get over that stumbling block, Joe, I can't. I can't. I cannot see how these two companies cannot have a solid working partnership sooner than later. Yeah, that's the way I see it too. Uh, so exciting times! I mean, this, this is great, isn't it? It is, and it's and it's unlike anything that we've really seen. And you know, every year we kind of talk about this, and it's like, okay, you know, here's New Japan taking new steps and 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 taking steps forward and building their own brand and their own identity here in this Western expansion. And that Western expansion includes Australia, and that Western expansion includes Europe. So, I. I it is exciting because you, you you know it's it's it feels that for the first time in in 20 some odd years or 30 years there are, there are legitimate options for people and that's exciting to me that is exciting i look i don't care what you think about and this is certainly not an all elite podcast and you know it might sound like it in the beginning here but that show was that show was historic and and we had people contacting us, you know, asking us if we were going to be watching this show, right? 
And I told them flat out, yeah, I'm watching it, and I'm watching it not even necessarily for, I can't wait to see all these matches that sound interesting on paper. It's more along the lines of this is a historic event. Um, you haven't had competition in a long time here in the States and in the West. So it's only a good thing and more jobs and more opportunity. And let's be honest here, a better product. Uh, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Speaking of the G1, we have a couple of other rumors circulating. Roosh tweeted out something about the G1 with a little thinking smiley. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of speculation that he might be the one to take Tamatonga's spot. I ran a little Twitter poll. 87% of people would prefer Roosh in the G1 over Tamatonga. And then Will Ospreay also said, he tweeted out saying, Today has confirmed something extremely exciting for me. Nervous but ready for this, which a lot of people have taken to... Uh, to say that he's also in the G1. So right now, Damon, if I had to predict those four spots that are vacated by Omega, Page, Elgin and Tamatonga, I would say Will Ospreay, Taichi, Rush and John Moxley to be taking those four spots. So what do you think about those Rush and Osprey rumours? Again, Osprey is one guy that I feel has to be in it because what New Japan has is such an asset, an in-ring asset, where you could put him in the ring, and again, we're going to get, we're going to dive deeper into the pool in a little bit. We're talking about this best of the Super Juniors tournament. You got a guy who I don't care who you put in the ring, you're you're at least getting a good match. That's the bar. It, it, you're at least at minimum you're getting a good match, and then usually you're getting great, and 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 and, and many times your fucking pants are down. Uh, now. I think he has to be in it. Tai Chi, I think, has to be in it too. I, I think you've done too much with him and made him, uh, uh, you know, whether you like it or you don't like it, you have to admit that he is a has been a, a big piece of the wheel in 2019, right? You can't fucking just dismiss that. He's he's in the mix. There are a lot of names that, that are that are that are left over though, Joel. I mean, Cobb, right? Do you leave Cobb out of this thing? Now you got Moxley. You got uh, Brody King that we were chatting about last week, right? It would be nice to see him in there. I don't know how they don't expand this. I don't I don't know how you don't find more slots for more names. Even with people that aren't going to be there and the, and the openings that have occurred, I'm really starting to struggle. Like, I'm having trouble. What about David Finley? You know, I'm sure that there is going to be some type of repackaging done while David Finley recoups from that shoulder. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's right around the time G1, right? Uh, and 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 truth be told, I'll I'll lay my cards out. I when we when they were showing that video, that was a name that was always in my head, thinking, you know, that could that be David Finley? Um, with those 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 video packages, so. Uh, to me, Joel, there's plenty of names out there that could be in this tournament that, again, under the current format, wouldn't make it in, and I, and I think it would be a mistake to not have them in. What about Roosh specifically? <sighs> I mean, it wouldn't be a bad thing to have them in it, but I don't think, I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening. I just think there's too many New Japan guys to squeeze in him. Right, there's too many guys that are on the bubble from New Japan that I would want in, and then that had to bring him in. Now, on paper, that sounds good, 
But again, I just think to me, you don't bring in Roosh and not put in Jeff Cobb. You don't bring in Roosh and not bring in Tai Chi. You know, or not bring in Will Ospreay. Uh, let's get let's get those people in this tournament, and then again, if we're going to open it up a little bit, we'll throw in, throw him in. But I wouldn't have a problem with him in. Uh, I mean, but- he he does come with being a big name in Mexican wrestling and yeah. getting a lot more eyeballs on than maybe someone like Cobb would do. Yeah, but I think again, I I and he has been in the G one before, and from what I hear, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. So take that for what it's worth. I would. I'm going to be honest. I would rather have Cobb. I would rather have Cobb. I think Cobb could do more. I think he's more well suited for G1. That's me. And again, there's other names that are on that list that I would rather have on there before we start worrying about Roosh. All right, well, let's move on to best of the super juniors then. Before we start talking about the matches themselves, I want to talk a bit about the venues. How fucking great was it being back at Krakon Hall, Damon? What? An amazing venue, an amazing crowd. That crowd are worth an extra quarter of a star to every match at least. Best fans in the world, man. I'm telling you flat out, there's no better building for pro wrestling for me. No, no, and no better fans, no better environment. And when it's electric, there's no better place to watch a wrestling show. I'm sorry. I don't, I've been to ECW Arena. I've been to the Tokyo Dome. I've been to Madison Square Garden. I've been. I've, I've seen them all. <laughs> I've been to the cockpit. Been to a lot of places. I'm very blessed. Uh, that's Cork and Hall. When it's rocking, when it's rocking, it's it is so great. Um, and I, I'll tell you what, Joel. These these Cork and shows that we just saw those three. I can't um, remember the last time I had more fun watching pro wrestling shows on my television. And I will go so far as to say, throw in that that all elite show go ahead i don't give a fuck throw that into into the mix and that was a really great seven eight days of pro wrestling that i i it's it's hard for me to top that that was fun these corkin shows were great um the, you have to watch every single one of those semis and and main events on all three of those shows but here's the thing too i don't i don't recommend fast forwarding through much anything I thought everything was was at least good. Nothing really made me sick to my stomach or, or stunk. And the, and every night delivered semis and main events that fucking blew my pants off. Elliot asks, why is the Krakow crowd the most rowdy New Japan audience there is? Does it draw a certain type of fan? Is it the relative intimacy of the venue or a combination of both? I think all of those things are factors, but also... These shows at Kraken always sell out, so it seems that only the hardcore fans can get tickets these days, which I think helps build towards the atmosphere. Uh, yeah, it does. But you know what, Joel? I remember talking about Best of the Super shows and them not selling out Corkin, right? And falling just short of selling out, maybe three years ago or so, maybe even four years ago. So it's it wasn't always a slam dunk like it was right now. And, and you know, Rocky, when he got on that, that house mic and he's like, hey, you know, three shows back, back, you know, we sold them out. You know, I think because he was there for the years where, you know, best of the super junior wasn't always that super great drawing card. Um, and Meltzer would write no, about it. No, it's best of the fucking super juniors. No, it's, it's been best not of, great, Damon. Right, it is. 
It is. And Meltzer would write about it. Like, he, you know, he would be like, ah, attendance down in the summer, best of the Super Juniors, blah, 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 blah. And that was always the fucking excuse. It ain't an excuse anymore. I'm telling you what. I sat through, I've sat through this tournament. And to me, and I know the question is going to get, to get asked, you know, what is this, is this one of the best, best of the Super Juniors? Yes. Is it the best? I'll tell you what, those three nights at Corkin. And even, again, the whole tournament, I thought, has been spectacular. And I sometimes I see people complaining, nitpicking, and fuck, and we're the king of the nitpickers, but I don't, I, I don't, I'm not hand-waving just about anything. There's one match that sticks out, and that was Marty and um, Ishimori that just didn't fucking work. I don't know. Maybe somebody had food poisoning and was shitting them. I, who knows? I don't know what the reason is. And it could just be a, a, a thing where they just don't work well together. I mean, who fucking knows? It didn't work. It didn't work. But that's it. I really don't think that there's any other match where I'm like, ugh. And again, I see people kind of somewhat hand-waving Bandito at times. But I think he more than made up for it with, with that Will Ospreay match. Uh, I see people kind of sometimes getting on Marty. But I got to be honest with you, I think he's made up. I think, he's, I think Marty has had a, a fantastic tournament. Fantastic tournament. I've enjoyed just about every one of his matches. And then you get the big guns. Osprey. Holy fucking shit. What an incredible job he's done. And Shingo, man. How do you... How He's the heat... Dragon Lee. Great stuff. Right? All up and down the fucking card. Even, even people that you kind of hand-wave and you're kind of like... Eh, eh, you know, even have some interest. You know, even Taka before he got hurt. The matches were... They were bad. Tiger Mask. All right. Tiger Mask. Not bad. No. I, I think, again, for quality and and every night being something spectacular, I don't think you could beat this tournament. This has been fucking great. And I'll tell you what, Damon, I'm not sitting there watching these shows thinking, oh, I really miss Okada and Naito, right. Tanahashi, Ibushi. I can't wait for these guys to come back. These guys are, are, you know, the juniors, I say. There, you feel safe, and the company should feel safe, knowing that they can give Okada's, Jay White's, Tanahashi's, uh, all up and down the line, Naito, all up and down the line. Guys can now comfortably relax, go to the beach, fucking rest of their bones and their wounds and their injuries for a little bit and know that you're not going to suffer with houses and shitty houses and shitty shows and there's going to be fan interest because there is. This this tournament has been great and I think New Japan has blown it out of the fucking park. And especially if you compare it to last year, now you've got no Hiromu, no Kushida, Desperado out in the last minute with an injury mm-hmm. and you'd be forgiven for thinking oh shit these are big names that are missing the tournament's gonna suffer nope you got osprey shingo even el fantasmo robbie eagles people like that carrying the slack and absolutely knocking it out of the park how about a guy uh, like anyway, rocky we're romero get into the... how about a guy like fucking rocky yes. romero let's let's i, I mean he wasn't I know even gonna... in it last year yeah i mean and he you know might have had one of the more uh emotionally charged matches in 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 months, fucking Rocky Romero, people. 
I'm not, I mean, listen, we all know he's a good worker and all, but nobody expected that horse shit, right? Nobody expected that output, that match. And again, I kind of feel like we got suckered in a little bit, y'all. I kind of feel like we got suckered in. Because I don't know if you could have that match with anybody else but Phantasma, right? To have that prick, that fucking prick, and everyone in that building just wants him to lose in the worst way, and to have Rocky Romero pick up his two points in a match that felt like, oh, this is going time limit. He's got to get this win. Pulls it off. Great. Loved it. I love that. All right, so so good on Rocky, too. Again, great performances. Gresham, just great performances all the way around. And, and we'll, let's get into it. All right, circling back to the venues thing, I just want to know what your thoughts are on uh, yesterday's venue, the Chiba Makuhari Messe International Conference Hall 7, which looked like an airport terminal where you have got like Ishimori cutting his promo in the ring at the end while you see people on escalators in the background. Like they've just... About to depart for their flights. Right, getting the connecting flights. Uh, it was a weird venue. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember if I, if I recollect them running shows in there. I, I don't. I, it, it, the venue blew me away. I don't remember seeing shows there. I could be dead wrong. I don't remember. Um, but it is. They have some of the weirdest buildings, man. I'll tell you. My favorite one is that one where again it just looks like it looks like a it looks like a fucking not a not an airport terminal. It looks like a fucking airport hangar, right? It's just this just cold cement wall, gigantic wall. No when just it just it looks like you're in like one of those sci-fi dungeons. Love that building. Uh but yeah, this one it was a it was a very unique venue to say the least with the escalators and everything in the uh, craziness. Craziness. I don't know where they find this fucking building. Right, I'd like to talk to you a bit about Juice Robinson on commentary because he said a lot of very bad, very rude things, but possibly the worst thing he said, Damon, I was absolutely disgusted. Juice Robinson buried the official New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. He called it the snooze cast. How <laughs> dare he? How dare he, Damon? Listen, you know, see, sometimes, you know, sometimes true colors really come out, right? And, uh, that was uh that was disappointing. That was disappointing. I was disappointed in humanity when hearing those words. <laughs> Just fast. And the worst thing is, Damon, he he's obviously listened to it to be making comments like that, and to the, the complete lack of support he's shown to his <laughs> colleagues, and again to a guy sitting right next to him to yeah. bury the hard work he's done like that is just so unprofessional, disgraceful. He's yeah. cancelled. Yeah, I agree. Poor, terrible. Poor Chris. He's sitting right there. You know. What's he gonna do? Poor, poor Chris. I like, I love Chris. I think he's, I think he's a wonderful dude. But um, yeah, look, it, the show is what it is. What are you gonna do, right? I feel bad because here's the thing. I and I will say this, and I don't know this one hundred percent because I haven't spoken to him about it. But um, you, you know, he's he's wants to do a little. bit. He wants to open it up a little bit, and he just he just can't. You know what I mean? He's doing the official podcast, and that's hard to do. So you gotta, you gotta toe the line, and you gotta put a smile, and everything is great. Then <laughs> you kind of, you're somewhat limited in what you can say, and that's why I like the flexibility and freedom of doing this. That's this. Is, this is... <laughs> Speaking of things that you're not allowed to say, that didn't seem to stop Juice Robinson. Now, Juice, he was trying so hard not to swear. He lasted literally about thirty seconds before he, I think he spelled out S H I T or something. Right. Uh, I, I've just got a list of hilarious things that he said uh jesus tap dancing christ uh-huh. 
I hate Bushi, and I don't know Doki from a ham sandwich. If he shoves that pipe up Bushi's ass, he's got a friend in me. And <laughs> when Ishimori was squaring up to him, he says, you ain't going to do anything to me, brother. You come up to my nipples. Uh, he was encouraging Ren Narita to smoke cigarettes. Huh? Uh, when Bushi came out, he, he interrupted the commentator and said, more importantly, he's dressed like an asshole. Uh, he was burying Chris. Uh, he said, we've got to get you in the gym, Chris. We've got to get those nipples further apart. He's weirdly fixated on the nipples, Juice Robinson. Mm. Uh, I, I've got to say, Juice, he's hilarious. Terrible colour commentator. He actively distracts me from the matches, but he's entertaining as hell, so I, I don't know what to make of him. That said, he did do a great job selling being upset about the Time's Up videos. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's doing the, get that camera out of my face. I'm not here to do this. Walking out, all that stuff. Um, but some people have got varying opinions. Anger said, has there been a better baby face colour guy than Juice on these tours, especially on the Rocky ALP match? So what were your thoughts on Juice doing colour commentary? I thought Juice was refreshingly... Uh, I, here's the thing. Like, he's not Gordon Soley. That's for fucking sure, right? Um, he's not Lance Russell, I think, but he is authentic, and he's true to his character, right? Like he was Juice Robinson, like Juice. Ro- like I wouldn't want Juice Robinson to get on there and start talking like he was fucking Josh Barnett, right? I want Juice to be Juice. I want Juice to bring energy, and I want Juice to be on a microphone to bring passion, and I want Juice to be the guy to drop an f bomb, right? Because that's what Juice would do, right? Um, when he's screaming at guys to go get get fucking moving, get dive, you know, do, that's what that's what you want. You, I don't want like like a technical background on how to deliver a fucking armbar from Juice Robinson. I want a guy who's going to scream at the top of his lungs, "Jesus, tap dancing Christ!" Right? I that's what I want from Juice, and that's fine. I think there's a place for that, and and it does bring a fun, energetic dynamic. To this, um, look again. You can get book smart, and you can get read off your historic facts, and you can tell me the difference between a hammerlock and an armbar, and all that fucking great shit. And there's a time and a place for that. But sometimes, it's you know, look. Sometimes you just want to listen to fucking Van Halen. You know what I mean? Like you just want to fucking let it go, right? You don't always have to listen to fucking Radiohead. Some days, I want 1983. David Lee Roth to tell me how great it is to hook up with girls and to drink and to have a fucking good time, right? To me, that's juice. And I think it was a perfect compliment throughout this entire tournament. So I have no problem. And I'll tell you what, you know, going into this, we kind of knew that there was going to be some openings in color, right? We knew that there was going to be, you know, a lot of a couple of rotating chairs. Truth be told, I think everybody that they brought in has done a really great job. I really do. I think that, and and it's not the easiest thing to do. I know I say it a thousand times. Not the easiest thing to do, but I think they hit a home run with the people that they brought in um, to do color on this tour. Let's discuss the wrestlers and some of the matches then. So, starting off with A Block, uh, bottom of the pile, we've got Takamichi Noku, who has zero points. Since we last spoke, he lost to Ishimori, Titan, Shingo, and his forfeit his match against Dragon Lee because he. Unfortunately, suffered an injury. I believe it was doing the moonsault, but he's got a leg injury, so he will miss the rest of the tournament, which is a big shame because I was very much looking forward to the Kanemaru match. There have been a, a lot of shitbag shenanigans going on there. But his output up to that point, I would have Takara at C+. Uh, although I did laugh when 
his thing, Tucker is coming, motherfucker. And then Juice says, how come Tucker doesn't get any emails? Yeah, that was really funny. funny. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, and I just like how he was working like a kind of mini Zack Sabre Jr. Although I say mini, he was looking absolutely jacked, like the size of his biceps. Whew. And also Tucker channeling his inner Damon with his, when he came up to the commentators and said, I hate Lucha Libre, take. <laughs> so I, I, I think he got hurt in this T-Town match. Um, but up to that point, it was good, good stuff, good grappling. I liked him countering everything, countering people's moves, uh, particularly in that T-Town match. But there was a really ugly botch at the end where uh, miscommunication, where it looked like uh, T-Town thought that Taka was going to kick out. And so he sort of simulated like there was a kick out, but Taka didn't kick out on the referee count anyway, which kind of took a bit of a shine off it. Uh, but aside from that, it was good. Shingo match was also really good. He was trying to smother Shingo with his suffocating mat wrestling and grinding submissions before Shingo finally powered through and smashed him. But uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on Taka so far? He, he was a pin eater, right? We, we 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 knew his role in this. And, and I don't think many of us had him... With more than four or six, I don't even think I had him at six. I probably think I had him at four, right? So nobody's, you know, the the numerical win output. Nobody's, nobody's upset about that. Uh, Yeah, I would go. I I have him down as a C, a solid, a a solid, firm C. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tip my cards a little bit here too. I don't have anybody lower than. Ah, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll why spoil it. Why spoil it? Uh, let's keep going. I'll, we'll give grades each and every. But look, I'm I'm very high on this tournament. So um, if you're looking for negative Damon, you're not going to get too much of that. So uh, a solid C for a good hand, a, a pin eater, uh, and a guy to get people over. Solid C. Lewis uh, says, with Taka getting unfortunately hurt and having to forfeit two points to Dragon Lee, what are your thoughts on injuries happening during tournaments like Best of the Super Juniors? Does New Japan call an audible and find a replacement? Or does the tournament continue like normal? Has that ever happened? I think when it has happened before that, they've just forfeit the points. But I don't know if it is someone who they needed to win and lose certain matches to create a certain outcome, whether they would get a replacement in sticker. I, I don't know what they do, Damon. Well, well in, like for instance, G1. Remember... Back a few years ago, Nakamura getting hurt. I think it was his shoulder, um, and he was out for a couple dates. And they were they were forfeits. They were forfeits. So, and I'm sure that they had to scramble to kind of find ways for him to make up, maybe get wins that maybe he wasn't going to get, um, just to kind of make it fit the booking. Um, no, I don't think not 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 a guy like Taka you're not going to replace that there's no detail no, he was going to lose those matches exactly anyway. right he, and, he had Marty Skull and Kanemaru left so he's forfeit both of those but I can't imagine he was going to beat either of those guys right and, maybe and, Kanemaru you, you could have seen maybe him getting a you know cheating his way to getting a roll up or, I don't know some sort of sh- shenanigans yeah but even if he did it wouldn't even play like a huge factor in the points right because Kanemaru is not winning it either you know what I mean so uh, either one of those two could have taken the, a pin um, and luckily it worked out that way. So, yeah, I mean, if a guy like Shingo got hurt, I mean, that, that, that's, 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 that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But, um, Taka, nah, I think, I think we're okay. And it's good. You know what? He, he's just going to, if he's just going to lose anyway, get him out, get him healthy and, and have him sit out the rest of the nights. Next is Yoshinobu Kanemaru, who's got four points, and he beat Sho Ishimori, lost to Marty, and lost to Gresham. I'm giving Kanemaru a B plus. 
I enjoyed the show match. They played up their previous feuds with suplexes on the concrete, stuff like that. And an amazing finish with the count out where they're both running into the ring and then Kanemaru shoves Yota Suji into show and sends him flying with an 18 count. So he gets counted out. I thought that was fantastic. And it needs to be done in these tournaments to keep things spicy with the count out teases. I enjoyed the Ishimori match because they've got a long-term story with Kanemaru being 11-0 against Ishimori. Uh, him getting the whiskey spray and the roller and he's just got Taiji's number and that's it I just love these ongoing stories like that and that had a little count out tease where he threw a chair at Ishimori and Ishimori dodged it so there's a lot of fun there Marty Skull match was great the villain against the heel master just tremendous fun the shithousery escalator to me it was laugh out loud shenanigans at the end with the whiskey going against the umbrella and the Gresham match as well, where they had the, the rolling spot where they were rolling around and around in the ring. And then Kanemaru was so dizzy, he was just doing phantom drop kicks. So Kanemaru, very, very underrated at the comedy wrestling, Damon. And in the Gresham match, he managed to hang with him hold for hold with the grappling. So yeah, B plus for Kanemaru. Very impressed. I have a B. Um, and I agree with everything that you say to make for an interesting podcast. <laughs> I really do. I think he's been uh, one of those guys that's, um, if we're looking for an underrated, or underappreciated MVP, he's got to be on that short list. Like, again, nobody, for a guy that, for a, a guy that is bottom of the pack, technically, mathematically eliminated, he finds ways to make these fucking matches interesting and fun. And again, a lot of that has to do with the finish, right? The finish of the show match was that was it. What it did was it kept you honest, right? It kept you fucking honest, so that you're not eye rolling when you start hearing sixteen, seventeen. You know, you 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 now it, something occurred to to wake you up again, and they do that. They sprinkle that in in tournaments. I'm sure you'll see that in uh, G1. Right? I'm sure you'll see that in G1 in some fashion, just to keep you, the watcher, honest. Love it. Uh, and then, yeah, the, to follow up with the spot with uh, Ishimori where he fucking Donkey Kong, that, 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 that chair that was tossed at him. Um, and, yes, the idea of you know him just having his number, having Ishimori's number, right? And, you know, quick pins and and again to keep you honest but also to once again and we've said this many times reward you for paying attention that's your gift right for paying attention for sitting through a match that okay technically if you if you're short on time you could hit that fast forward button get through it or you know or this is your bathroom break or this is you know gonna go make a sandwich or i'm gonna go rub one out whatever the fuck you do to waste time uh there you go don't that, rub one out into the sandwich. Oh, that would be yuck. Ew. Yucko. Uh, I, don't, I don't like mixing of worlds. I don't like mixing sex with food. That, I'm not that. I like to keep those things separate. You know what I mean? Like people who have like that fetish for food. Ugh. Gross. Anywho, speaking of fetishes, uh, I have one. And his name's Kanemaru. And I'm all in on his matches. Outstanding job by him. Solid B. So his remaining matches, he's got Dragon Lee and then Taco, which will get the forfeit win for that. Uh, so Titan, four points. He lost to Gresham, beat Taka, lost to Dragon Lee and lost to Marty Skull. I'll give him a B. I know a lot of people were unfavorably referring to him as a, a Jal, just a luchador. But he's not that 
kind of flippy do sort of luchador. He's more of a grappling based luchador, if I'm not mistaken. Gresham match was good, very very horny, lots of nice horny grappling, some sort of unique bendy holds and stuff. It was like something out of the Kama Sutra. The upside down slapping that was very memorable. They had really good chemistry. Um, some nice spots. Of the, Top rope tilt a well onto the turnbuckle. Very slick, very smooth, fast paced. I thought mm. it was the best match for both people up to that point. And Dragon Lee match, I thought that was excellent as well. They put on a little lucha showcase there, and that was T Tan's best match. Really I'm good stuff. The, and it, I, no? I'm sorry, no, you go ahead. You go ahead, because I'm going I'm, I'm gonna to be a little bit more negative. But go ahead. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good that he had the chance to wrestle someone he's comfortable with and they had a chance to put on their little showcase match together. So uh, I thought it was decent. So a B for T-Town. Yeah, I went B-. minus. Um, to me, I struggle a little bit with his matches because, um, and I know that one of the bigger complaints that I that I've seen, and it's not a ton of people but it's a few and they're and they're vocal about it is you know the 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 physicality i guess in his matches and i guess that people are kind of pointing the finger at bandito too and i just think it's a different style and a different different you know look you're gonna have those strike exchanges right in in these you know you win in rome right win in rome uh that being said uh I liked those matches. I wasn't in love with a lot of them. I thought they were good. I thought they were solid, but there was something that was was a missing element. And that might just be my my overall love and passion of the lucha style, but um it's it, it I don't know. To me, if I had to put people on a pecking order of performances that I've enjoyed the least, and I don't think it's a bad thing because I'm giving them a B minus, right? There's not that's not a bad grade at all. But I feel like I'm being generous with that B minus two sometimes. I thought he was good and has been good. I haven't been. Let's put it this way: I don't necessarily get excited with the prospect of him r- rolling out and his matches being on. I got to be honest. Haven't haven't no, I think been. That's more about the the fact that we're spoiled about the quality even within this block and you're looking at guys we enjoy more like Kanemaru and Sho, Gresham, Marty Skull, Dragon Lee, Ishimori, Shingo so it's not that Titan is bad it's just that there are a lot of other guys in there who are for us more interesting than him. That's a positive spin there you go and again a B minus is not a bad grade I'll take a fucking B minus any day I live my life looking for a B minus for Christ's sake Um, so you know I'm not saying it's shit, but it's just, yeah, you're right. You're probably right in the sense of, look at all the fucking names that are in that block and the performances that they've been doing. It's kind of, you know, somebody's got to be last. It might be him for me. Okay, Tiger Mask has got four points. He lost to Dragon Lee, Gresham, Show, and Shingo. Giving a B minus for Tiger Mask. He had a very gritty match against Gresham, working the midsection. There was a cool double crossbody spot in that match that I enjoyed. And... In the Shingo match, he looked like a real threat to Shingo. Uh, and I enjoyed that match a lot. Kicking out at one from the first pumping bomber. I wasn't expecting that. And one thing that intrigued me, Juice Robinson saying that he brings Tiger Mask presents that he requests from America. What do you think it is that <laughs> Juice is bringing to uh, Tiger Mask? Edibles. <laughs> no, I, that's to be terrible. It's illegal. You can't do that. Um, what do you think? What do I think he's getting? Um, I would think like, 
like anybody, some kind of snack, right? Crisps, yeah. Yeah, right? Tasty um, cakes. Tasty cakes. I might get one of those today. I might need I, I might need one. We've had some pretty lovely weather here. I got to be honest with the past couple of days. Uh, a lot of day drinking going on. Uh, today might be might be tasty cake day. I might be have to do that. Anywho, Tiger Mask, he's 476 years old. What the fuck do you want from him? Um, even with that said, I gave him. A, I'm giving him a C. He's been good. He's been. Uh, he, he's done what he's had to do. So I'm putting. I'm putting him in the in the Taka folder, right? Of C's, and again, doing his job, doing it well, helping get people over, taking pinfalls, um, and being a, being a good steady hand. You know, that's all you asked. That's all you really wanted out of him in this tournament anyway, and that's and that's what he's doing, and that's what he's delivering. So a solid C for Tiger Mask. And he has Ishimori and Titan left in his last two matches. Next up is Sho, who has six points. He lost to Kanemaru, beat Marty and Tiger, and then lost to Ishimori. Giving a B-plus for Sho. And again, he sold that Kanemaru counter loss brilliantly. Had his head in his hands, just absolutely devastated. And speaking of Tiger Mask, there was a nice little story in that Tiger Mask match of show getting payback for all the dojo beatings that he received over the years but my favorite kind of show is show who's when he's fighting for survival and when he's had his back against the wall because of the points he's done a great job there the crowd love him and in a strange way he's becoming a star without actually being in winning positions too often in this tournament just by showing his baby face underdog fire yeah to me he's a he's this is a breakout performance you know I don't want to say that he's tied down with, with with the tag team situation, but to me, this tournament has been a, a a wonderful taste of what's in store for us as fans of this product with show. I love him. I think he's been I think he's been tremendous. A lot of subtle things. You're right. The the the, uh, the just the utter disappointment and being gutted, you know, losing in that fashion the count out way. Uh, I think the matches have been solid. Again, opening up with, with Shingo, I thought that was great. Uh, he's a B for me right now. He's a, he's a solid B in a block where it's it's very easy to get lost in the shuffle. I feel like he's found a way to to be the breakout, not only of the block, but you know, aside from the heavy hitters that we knew were going to perform very well. To me, he's been the breakout star of this tournament. I love it. And again, it's just a taste of what's to come. I'm all in. And his final two matches are against Titan and Jonathan Gresham. And that Gresham match will be in show's hometown. I think it's Ehime. Jonathan Gresham next eight points. He beat Titan, Tiger Mask, lost to Ishimori and then beat Kanemaru. Given a B plus for Jonathan Gresham. I like he's kind of getting his character over as this sort of cheeky chappy. He's getting more comfortable and relaxed. I enjoyed the T-Tab match. Like he was still selling the finger break from the score match in that. And I just love the way at the end of the match, he slapped on the octopus hole at the end. He just locked away T-Tan's arm uh, as T-Tan was about to grab the ropes there. And at the end of the Kanemaru match where he had that cheeky little swig of whiskey, uh, enjoying his stuff. B plus. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a B for Gresham. I like his style. I think that's probably helps me when it comes to watching his matches and grading his matches. Like, I just find him unique in that, you know, in that, in a way, very similar way that I find Zach unique, right? Um, I love the 
the intricacies. I like the reversals. I like the uh, manipulation of limbs. Like, like I just find that to be so creative and fun. I, I just find that fascinating to me that a guy can, I don't know, be that creative and just remember. That's really what it is. Like to me, every one of his matches seem very. You you had described um, I forget who, uh, but smooth. Like every match to me just seems like oh my god, like fucking butter. Just there's no rigidness. And there's no uh, – nothing looks like it – he struggles to do it. And I, that might be the amazing thing. Everything is just smooth and silky and creamy. And I'm starving now. I want a tasty cake. But it's that's it, man. Like I just, I just find him really mesmerizing. So, uh, yeah, a B – I'm I'm actually surprised he's he's got some as many points as he as he has. Um, who does he have coming up? What's yeah, he ain't getting any more points because his last two matches are Shingo and Show and Show's hometown. So yeah, I think eight was the magic number for him. He's got his eight. That's it. He's done. Yeah, he's done for. He's done for points. All right, good. But yeah, solid job by him. I and I. And, but here's the problem I have though. I don't think you see him until what. You know, super like the, the the tag tournament, super junior tag league. Yeah, yeah I mean, is, is that the next time you see him? I hope not, because I want to see more of him. I really think, like, I would love to see him as as a full time member. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see more of him. Marty Skull has got eight points. He lost to Shingo and Show, and then beat Kanemaru and Titan. I'm giving a B minus for Marty, and he had a much lower score. I can't remember what gave him last time. I think it was a C minus, but he's really turned things around, and he's massively over with the Karakuen fans. The Shingo match was terrific. I like the way he tried to beat up Shingo and then realized he couldn't and then just cheated for the rest of the match. He's got some really nasty strikes and I like the way he used Brody King as well in that match. Uh, lots of ref bumps. Uh, he took some crazy bumps himself. Uh, the show match I enjoyed. He was pretending to be injured and then was doing his dastardly heel stuff. He, he was attacking Show's ear because Show split his cauliflower ear earlier in the tournament. So uh, to me, Marty's really turned it around. I've enjoyed all of his matches Uh in recent weeks. Yeah. I like Kevin Kelly. His, his, you son of a bitch. Uh, that was pretty great. Uh, I don't understand the online and in some camps hatred of Marty. I don't, I don't understand it. I think he is really fucking good. And again, aside from that Ishimori match, I've loved everything he's put out. Uh, you're gonna think I'm insane, and so be it. Let it let the fucking hate flow, kids. I'm here to tell you. I gave I, I'm give, as of right now. I'm giving Marty an A minus. I think he has been that good and that dependable. And again, if it's just a matter of of and it, and it sticks out like a sore thumb. I get it that Ishimori match, but I love the Shingo match. I love the Show match. Uh. The Gresham match that he had early in the tournament. I I texted you. I was like, I love this fucking match. I thought it was sound. I really did. I thought it was really good. No, I I don't get it. I don't get the hate. I and again, I know the finger breaking spot. People loathe. Either love it or you hate it. Um, he hasn't been doing that in all his matches though. It seems that his recent matches, like the last four, have been 
less tropey. It's, it seems that he's thinking more creatively and finding spots that work within the context of the match and the tournament and the person that he's working with instead of just being like, okay, I'm going to do the finger break and I'm going to do the chicken wing and I'm going to do this one and that one. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly doesn't feel paint by numbers in this tournament, that's for sure, yeah. Um, no, I think you're getting the best Marty out of this one. I'm, I'm very happy with what I've seen. I mean, A minus, right? What, I, mean, I mean, I mean, he's not at the Shingo, Will, you know, that Dragon Lee level, but he's, he's, he's right in the next pack. I've enjoyed everything he's done. His next two matches will be, well, forfeit winning against Taka. And again, that's a shame because Marty versus Taka would have been a lot of fun. And then Dragon Lee on the last night. Let's talk about Dragon Lee himself, who's got 10 points. He beat Tiger Mask, lost to Shingo, beat Titan, and then got his forfeit win over Taka. I'm giving an A- minus to Dragon Lee. His suicide dives really live up to their name. That Shingo match, probably the best match of the tournament so far. I mean, I guess I'll talk more about it when I talk about Shingo, but... He was terrific in that. And as I said, I really enjoyed the Lucha match with Titan. So A- minus for Dragon Lee. A-, minus. he's delivered um, just about at every opportunity. Uh, to me, he... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something maybe, maybe on brand for this show. Is that motherfucker got the best body in New Japan Pro Wrestling? He looks fucking good. Just chiseled, and uh, he looks good. That that's a dude that looks good. Like if I could, if I could have one wish from a genie, a genie in a bottle, I'd be like, can I be that guy for twenty four hours? Jesus Christ! Uh yeah, great performance, awesome, great job, a minus, um, no complaints, delivers in a big spot. Uh, when you know. His title matches always deliver. I he's he's delivered with Hiromo back years. You know he's he's always delivered in in big spots. He's a he's a really fucking good pro wrestler. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, I'm, I'm all in for him. A A minus. He has Kanemaru and Mike Skull left. Taiji Shimori has got 12 points. He beat Taka, lost to Kanemaru, beat Gresham and Show. I'm going to give a C plus to Taiji Shimori with a caveat that. He looks hurt because he's working significantly slower than he usually does because the, the matches have all been decent but not up to his usual high standards that he set with his title matches earlier in the year. I really like the way he sold the Kanemaru defeat and there was one spot I enjoyed in the Gresham match where Gresham spat on the floor and then Ishimori ended up sliding onto the spit and then went, oh, fuck, and then jumped up and that had me laughing out loud. That was really good. Yeah, he is that your lowest grade? C plus. Um, let me have a look through B block. Uh, yes, it is. That's my well, list. Now you're you're speculating that he might be injured, right? Yes, I still think it might have been from that skull match. I don't know if it was the botched uh, tombstone power driver that seemed to knock him silly a bit, or if there's something else going on. But he just something seemed off about yeah. him. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, and and that might might be accurate, right? Yeah, it does seem like there's a gear that's missing or just something not quite clicking. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm kind of I, I'm I'm not C. I'm I'm here's what I have written down. I have B plus question or B minus question mark. It's like like I don't feel like he, it's 
can drop below that, but I feel like he's just getting in that B minus area. Um, I've enjoyed his matches. They've been somewhat creative. I, but yeah, to me, it feels like there is a gear that's missing, um, something that's being left on the table. And if that's due to injury, then, I mean, I appreciate the fact that the guy's working hard. Let's put it that way. His final two matches are Tiger Mask and Shingo. So uh, I'm expecting him to go into that final Shingo match. That's That'll be like the winner-takes-all match. Yeah. So let's talk about Shingo then, who has 14 points, who has beaten everyone. He's beaten Mighty Skull, Dragon Lee, Taka, and Tiger Mask. A-plus for Shingo. And again, I think I said it last week, but I'm just absolutely blown away by how versatile this guy is because he's been positioned as the monster of the junior division and he's beaten everyone, but he can work from on top or he can play the baby face in peril. The Dragon Lee match was... Uh, well, let's talk about the Marty Skull match first because he absolutely killed Brody King with that pumping bomber. And again, he was doing a great job playing the babyface in peril, getting outnumbered by Skull and King. Dragon Lee match, just incredible. We had the massive knee strikes, the kickouts at one, Karakuan fans, Takagi chants, white hot crowds, the closing stretch, like classic Dragon Gate style closing stretches. And even going on to a match against Tiger Mask where you think, oh, obviously he's going to win. He even managed to sell Tiger Mask as a dangerous challenger and made me believe that frigging Tiger Mask could beat him. Yeah. I just, I, he just, every time he goes out there, he manages to impress me even more. Uh, we had a question, KSJ49 says, Shingo Takagi Wrestling, better than Blue Chew or what? And yeah, I would agree. David, seriously, I think Shingo might be the best wrestler in the company. He's up here uh, on a very short list. Let's keep in mind, this is a guy that competed, and go back and watch it, I highly recommend it, that uh, 2008 Champion Carnival for All Japan. Right, remember he was in that tournament uh, last year. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, that amazing match with Shuji Ishikawa. Yeah, a fucking as the kids like to say, banger. Right, yeah, and he had a match with uh, Miyahara that was really good too. I think it was on the, on the opening night uh, of that tournament. Look, he's a wizard, man. There's he he is must see. You, I don't care who he's in the ring with. I don't care. You watch his matches. Like, he is a fucking star. And let's be truthful. There are two guys that have turned this tournament into best of the fucking super juniors, right? And he is one of those people that are responsible. A-plus matches across the board. Big spots. Main events. Must watch. Some of these might even go down uh, in match of the year running, right? They have to be remembered. Uh, a few of them have to be remembered come year-end award time, and I'm sure they will. And he's going to get votes for Wrestler of the Year. He absolutely will be getting votes for Wrestler of the Year because to me, and again, we'll, the best is even yet to come when it comes to uh, the tournament final and challenging for the title. You're going to look at his entire body of work in 2019, and he is going to absolutely be in the mix for New Japan Pro Wrestler, Wrestler of the Year. He might not win it, right? but he has to be looked at and taken as a serious fucking threat to that. What do you think his ceiling is? IWGP heavyweight champion? Uh, I mean, 
I'm very frugal with that belt. I'm very, very frugal. I'm a hard marker when it comes to that fucking title. Intercontinental title, I absolutely could say. Is the IWGP heavyweight championship material? The question is, is not certainly not from an in-ring standpoint, right? From an in-ring standpoint, there is no question. The man can fucking deliver. My issue is this. Is he a guy that you can build a company around? You can build a division around him. Can you build a company around him? Now, Dragon Gate might say, you sure fucking can, right? Can you, would you, or is he a guy, is a better question, is he a guy that you could say, yep, we're putting all our chips on him, and he's going to be the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling? I don't know if he's that guy. I don't know if he's that guy. I don't know if he would have to be the face of the company, but the question well, is, champion. would you put your top title on him? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that to me, that means he's the face of your company. I mean, look, yeah, look. well, I, you know, I mean, if you're putting the belt on someone like, let's say, Jay White, I think you could also have the belt on a Shingo. I think he is of that caliber. I think he is good enough and charismatic enough to be worthy of holding that title. Uh, look, I'm, I wouldn't complain. I, that's for for sure. He's on a he's on a short list of people that I would even consider. That would be my only question: is 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 that could you could you have that man as the, the guy who's the the face of your company? Like, would you put him in? Is he in Tana League? Is he in Okada League? Is he in Naito League? I mean, he's not even. He's not even. Uh, and here's the thing: not you yet. Can, not yeah. yet. Okay, so he's not even the leader of Lij. He's not even the main guy in Lij. I mean, yeah, that can change, right? A, a booking decision here, uh, a turn here, a big match there. We can elevate that. That's that's not a problem, right? I don't know, Joel. He could. I mean, look I, again. It's not like you're, you're asking me. Can can we fucking put, uh, you know? I don't know, Tama Tonga in that role, right? It's not like you're asking me that. Again, my only reservation would be, is this is this a guy that can be a top guy for, for a company like New Japan? And again, Dragon Gate fans are screaming at me, you sure fucking can. Okay. I, I And I would agree. That would be my only, that would be my only, okay. And again, I am extra frugal with that fucking title. So, you know, if, if, maybe if I was a little bit more liberal, absolutely, I would, I would, Pop that fucker right on him. He's got two matches left, Gresham and Ishimori. I expect him to win both of those. From the Discord, Aspir says, how long, basically, how long do you think Shingo stays a junior? Uh, maybe I'm being biased, but I don't think they need Shingo to stay junior when you have a guy as popular as Hiromu, and Shingo staying junior would probably only hurt Hiromu. So how long do you think Shingo sticks around in the junior division? I think a little bit. I think there's there's still more to be done there. Um, I mean, I think everybody's kind of waiting for Hiromo to get back, and I uh, you would think that there was a built-in feud right out of the gate with those two. So before before he does, I think you're you're going to want to see that match first. I think the end goal is him being a heavyweight, though. What did Juice Robinson say? He's a Hershey kiss away from from uh, Mr. Gwait. 
He's a big boy. Yeah, but I think I think everybody I think everyone kind of sees the handwriting on the wall with him and he's not going to be staying a junior for 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 long, that's for sure. Let's move on to B block and talk about Ren Narita who has zero points, lost to Bandido, El Fantasma, Osprey and Taguchi. I'm giving an A for Ren. He had an amazing sprint with Bandido. He gave Bandido what I think was his best match up to that point and the simplicity of Narita's work, I thought, provided a nice balance to Bandido's high spots. But there were some crazy spots in that match anyway. The suplex on Bandido off the apron, and then he caught him on the planter and powerbombed him on the apron. It was just disgusting stuff. And what I love about Narita is his near falls are so dramatic because everyone's thinking, oh, is this going to be the moment where the young lion gets the big win? He's got his cradle, he's got his backslide, the German bridge. He's got loads of different ways of getting there. He was a great babyface foil to El Fantasmo's prickishness too. And the Osprey match as well, that was really good. Will gradually realising that he couldn't afford to underestimate Narita, who came dangerously close to an upset. And the Taguchi match, he got in a lot of offence. So also interesting to note that Narita's being beaten by a lot of people's secondary finishers, which I suppose is par for the course, like uh, the, the Oz Cutter, things like that. So just very impressed with Narita so far. Isn't this amazing? Let's just pause and think about what what you said and let that digest a little bit and know that every person in this tournament has a story and a reason for being there and a purpose and a mission and a little small thing to once again reward you for being a fan right again his story he's a young lion but again, he's able to kind of grow in this tournament. He might not get wins, but he's coming close in every match you're watching because you think that this could be the one and those near falls eating away at you and and, and, and drawing you in. But you, again, we, you go through that entire fucking roster and everybody's got that little narrative. Everybody's got that little thing. Again, we talked about Kanemaru and, and Ishimori and Ishimori just fucking... Can't find a way to beat this dude, no matter what. Even though he's a four-point motherfucker, he can't beat him. You know, Rocky. Everybody has a fucking story, and it's and it's so refreshing because everything matters. Everything fucking matters. So great. And and, and I got to say that I, I can't imagine I would enjoy or could enjoy Flip Gordon in this tournament more than I'm enjoying Narita at the moment. Right. I love the struggle of. I'd rather see. A guy like like Ren struggled to get that point, struggled to get that win, and and be on the side of the underdog. Then, okay, maybe a guy just trying to get points to stay middle of the pack and not be mathematically eliminated, right? I to me, it's a more compelling and interesting story of a guy who's fighting to not be a goose egg and to to get a career ladder rung higher. Than a guy who I'm just I need I don't want to have four points I'm gonna have six right to me that's a lot more interesting. I've got a question from Kyle who says in regards to narrator do you think it's possible he gets sent on excursion to Australia to bolster New Japan's expansion efforts there? Personally, I just want him to stay the hell away from ROH. So if you had to guess, where do you think would be a good landing point for narrator for his excursion? Traditionally, we talk about Mexico being that the first spot. Uh. I don't know. Are there many guys that that there have been guys that have have gone to Australia throughout the years as part of their excursion? 
but I don't know many that have set up camp there. Like have that be, you know, the once the one main focal point. Now again, you got Fale down there in his school and the dojo down there. Might not be a bad idea. Might not be a bad idea, at least to start, right? I, w- I would have no problems with that. My only issue with that is this, though, um, and it's not like I'm watching a, a fuck ton of CMLL, let's be honest here, is the availability of, of seeing those shows right, and seeing him progress. Um, like I'm trying to think of like what I, what was the last time you saw a show that, that came from Australia that wasn't you know, a, 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 a New Japan show. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm a little out of the loop in that. So to answer the question, yes, I think it's a possibility. I don't think its likelihood is high. I would probably think it would be the normal trajectory of Mexico and, you know, the Rev Pros and, and probably a little bit of a Ring of Honors. He's got two matches left. He's got Yo and Bushi. Do you think there's any chance of him getting a win in either of those matches? Yo and Bushi. I think I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm going to stick with my story of him stealing a win from Bushi before he goes off on his excursion. And then by the time he comes back from the excursion, he's got a ready-made feud built with LIJ. I'd love to see him get a point. I really would. I think it'd be a great moment. I don't, I, I think he goes goose-egged. I think he goes goose-egged. I really, like, I don't, I don't, I think it would do more harm to Yo, right? You don't want Yo taking a fall. Cause, cause even though I think he's had a real solid, tournament i feel like he's getting outshined by show i think show's stealing the headlines and yo's you know the feeling and and the and the and the buzz you know i don't want him to turn into fucking marty Jannetty here um so i can't i don't think he can afford to do that bushi can bushi take a fall here i think so why not who the fuck's bushi you know, not for nothing. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think he, I think he goes over. And uh, but, but with that said, I hope that this is the last time we see him, and and then he, he, he goes on excursion because uh, he's ready. This tournament has kind of proven he's ready to go. Rocky Romero has six points. He lost to Yo and Taguchi, then beat El Fantasma and Doki. I'm giving an A for Rocky. Yo match was really interesting because I thought it might be gimmicky with them being the manager and being on the same team together, but they really went at it. They had like a knee versus elbow match. It seemed a bit weird that they'd be trying to cripple each other, but I was okay with it. And I particularly enjoyed Rocky Romero when he he rolled through the calf crusher, transitioned that into the armbar. It was really excellent stuff. Taguchi match had some ha-has, you know, the basketball stuff where Taguchi was doing the basketball hoop with his arms and then... Rocky threw the basketball on his head. I thought that was a lot of fun. But that El Fantasma match, that might have been one of the best. That might have been the best match in Rocky's entire career. He was the perfect babyface foil for ELP. Brilliant final five minutes. So many ref bumps and visual taps that they fooled you into thinking El Fantasma was going to cheat his way to another win. And it was the perfect underdog story. Rocky only had one win. That was against Narita, against an undefeated El Fantasma. And he had his celebration with Rapongi 3K in the end of the, the show. What a moment. I'm happy for him, right? That was, that was that felt to me like, we're, we're going to take care of you on this night, Rock. Um, 
for all for all that you have done for this company. We're going to take care of you tonight. Um, and again, you couldn't have asked for a better foil, right? You couldn't have asked for a better heel than the guy that you know we we blew a gasket over for. You know, again, I still think it was over the line, and I still think that it was um, in, in a little bit, not a little bit, poor taste. And I still think that um, you you could do better if you want to be a heel. With all of that said, look, everybody in that fucking building hated him, right? I mean, there were a few of his fans, you know, wearing T-shirts, but I think that was out of politeness, right? And they fucking hated him in that building. They loved they love Rocky. So yeah, it made perfect sense, and we got suckered along and taken for the ride with that one. Uh, yeah, and they were teasing the time limit, and uh, you know they were teasing big the big dies from the uh, rampway, the uh, you know leading down into the hallways of Quirk. And I loved this match. I really, I really, it, it like truly made me feel good to be a pro wrestling fan. It really did. And there were a couple matches this week that, that that made me do made me that way, but this was one of them, top of the list. You're right; you'd have to go back quite a few years to find a single single match performance from Rocky that that equaled not only the in ring work, which I think was great, but again, the, the 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 everything being perfect in a building that was just full of energy, full of passion. The fans were into it. Uh, El Fantasma being a great heel. Uh, being able to do crazy shit, and again at toward the end, looking like he was going to get that sneaky win, and Rocky finding a way to pull it out, uh, and 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 the celebration at the end. Yeah, it was one of those great nights, great great magical moment. Well done, well booked, uh, great match, and yeah, you felt good after watching it. Good job. Weirdly, I think it was a result that helped El Fantasma in spite of him losing. But we'll talk about more ELP later. Sticking with Rocky, Ben says, after pulling good matches out of the lower guys and keeping pace with the best, is Rocky the Ishii of the junior division? No, that that title would go to, and I and I mentioned that that, that to someone. Uh, no, I would say Osprey is. Uh, no, look, but he can't be because Osprey has been junior champion, so that doesn't work. Okay, well, it's got to be someone who is very valuable in the division can get amazing matches out of people put other people over but has never and will never win the junior title i don't think he's ever won it before has he rocky as black tiger i think so i think oh, okay won. i'll I take think, it back then yeah i think so I, um i'm almost certain um look is he the most underrated are you trying like so okay the Ishii of of the juniors I mean yeah I got no problem with that sure why not yeah what the fuck I'm sitting here thinking about that all right right, he's got uh, Bushi and Bandido left so it'll be interesting to see if he picks up any more points along the way especially with that big grudge match against Bushi because they legitimately hate each other I understand let's move on to Doki who has two points who lost to Bushi Yo, Eagles and Rocky, so he lost all his matches since we last spoke. I'm giving a B for Doki. His work is getting crisper and smoother. His big spots are landing, like the um, the DDT thing he does off the ropes. Really hot, brawling, grudge match-style fight with Bushi. I thought that was good stuff. His new gear, John Carroll put it out. It looks like Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. I have to agree with that. And there was a really funny tweet from Grant Akuma, 
during the match that Doki had against Robbie Eagles, where Robbie Eagles got busted open from the DDT onto the chair. And um, Granakuma said, every wrestler's worst nightmare, new gear versus blood or something like that. And the blood had a ton of drama to that match. I thought it was his Doki's best match. Yeah. Um, he had a really good match against Rocky as well. There was some really nice wrestling in that match, some cool pinning combinations. There was a gory bomb into the pin. So I've been, again, quietly impressed with Doki for a last-minute replacement. He's doing okay. Yeah. I think he adds a nice little extra, little a little grimy, dangerous element to to a lot of these matches. What, what let me ask you this, because I haven't really followed up on it, and that's my bad, but what has been the biggest argument anti-Doki in this in this uh, tournament, like what's been the what's been the biggest complaint? Because here's the thing: to me, again, he's he's a guy that was brought in in the last minute to take pinfalls and to cause chaos in matches and give a little bit of a dangerous, I don't want to say death match vibe, but you know, just to be a, a grimy fucking heel. What, what what's been the pushback? I think the main cheerleader for the anti-Doki brigade was Joe Lanza, but he's come around. I think he's accepted that Doki is doing a fine job for the position that he's been put in. So I don't think there are uh, many people, certainly no one that I know of, that are burying the inclusion of Doki. It was a necessary evil given the circumstances. All right, listen, we're changing people's minds, right? That's So you can thank us for, <laughs> for setting everyone straight on a Doki. Good. All right. He's got Osprey and ELP left. I don't think he's going to be winning either of those no. matches, but it would be funny if he managed to spoil El Fantasma on the last night. I wouldn't Uh-oh. totally rule it out. Next, let's talk about Bandido, who's got six points. He beat Narita, lost to Osprey, beat Taguchi, and then lost to Bushi. I'm giving a B- minus for Bandido. Um, he had, like I said, an amazing sprint with Narita with some crazy spots. The Osprey match, I thought, was absolutely spectacular. That was just something else. It was better than the WrestleCon match that we attended. Just amazing, breathtaking spots. That monkey flip where he went launching about six feet into the air. Springboard shooting star press. The 21plex where Will landed on his feet and went into the Spanish fly. The, the Jesus Christ quotient went off the charts for this match, Damon. And that was a moment where Bandido finally showed what he can do. He had the Caracuan crowd chanting his name. It was a real star-making performance. But they're probably so inconsistent. And the very next match he had against Taguchi, he botched the 21-plex at the end. So it's difficult for me to rate someone like Bandido because they can have superlative performances one day and then the next day they're fucking up their own finishing move. Right, yeah. Uh, inconsistent is the word I'll use. Inconsistent. Um, and, right, again, he's in the ring with Osprey who can, who can have great matches with just about anybody. And Bandito has the, the the skills with a Z to hit those hot moves and and do the flash and with great speed and with great dexterity and yeah the problem is is that you get him in the ring with someone else that might not have the same skill set as a Will Osprey and things have I don't want to say the the entire match falls apart. But things can fall apart at that point, right? Um, and that might just be experience. That might just be working, getting used to working with a wider variety of opponent, right? But those are all things that can be learned and as he progresses as a pro wrestler. But yeah, I would say uh, inconsistency is, is a huge factor right now. 
for for his grade. Uh, I'm at a B minus for Bendito. Um, I thought the Will Ospreay match was fantastic, spectacular. Yes, I think it was even better than the New York one that we were at. But um, that aside, you're right. It's it's been inconsistent. His last two matches will be against Eagles and Rocky. Let's talk about Bushi next. He has eight points. He beat Doki, Eagles, Yo, and Bandido. So he's on a roll here. I'm giving Bushi a B minus and another shout out to Juice calling Bushi the Native American business casual luchador. I think Bushi's been solid. Uh, he's, again, he's had this thing, I think the same thing as last year where he started 0-3. And since then, I think he showed more fire. There's a bit of urgency, a bit of nastiness to his performances. So he's been pretty good. One thing I've noticed is that there's been a trend of his opponents doing the comedy selling of the MX. I remember like, a, I, th- I don't know the most memorable one of this. I think it might have been Scott Hall against Stone Cold at WrestleMania 18, I want to say, where he took this... Uh, uh, and The Rock did it as well, where people are taking these massive exaggerated bumps for... Uh, the the Stone Cold Stunner. So that's what it's reminding me of. People just sort of flying up into the air Tonight. when they're eating the MX. Yeah, yeah. That's no, devastating maneuver, Joel. Uh, Bushi, I have him as a B minus as well. Um, I haven't hated it. I haven't like done monkey flips for it. So uh, he's middle of the road. I, I got to be honest, with you, Bushi's not one of my favorites to begin with. So it's you know I, I, he does get graded probably a little bit harsher than. Than he deserves from me, but he's had good matches. They haven't been, they haven't been bad. I don't I don't think anything that's super standouting. Uh, but yeah, like but we we were even in our preview we talked about him and how he could be you know more of a spoiler role than anything else. Like he's going to be the guy that's going to fuck up somebody's bracket um, and and you know fuck up some somebody's points. Um, who's he having that last? Who's who's, who's his two last matches? He has Rocky and Narita. That's right, yeah. You think he loses to Narita? I think so. I just think it would be such a great, memorable thing to happen rather than just Narita losing all his matches and Bushi getting a meaningless win on the last day. Yeah. I would like that. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would like that. But Bushi's been okay. B- minus for Bush. Yo! Eight points also. He beat Rocky, Doki, and then lost to Bushi, and then beat El Fantasma in a big upset. I'm giving a B-plus to Yo. Lots of titty bounces. More of an edge <laughs> to him is a submission game. Massive win over El Fantasma. Match was a little bit awkward and clunky. Maybe they could, could be building up to a little Rapongi 3K El Fantasma, maybe Bullet Club Junior tag thingy feud, something like that. But uh, I think, yeah, Yo's been pretty good. B-plus B+ for me. Do you think he's getting lost in the shuffle? To an extent. To an extent. I, I'm i going to answer that with another question from Jeremy. He says, I can't be alone in thinking that show is the emotional part of Rapongi 3K, while Yo is the mental part of Rapongi 3K. The best of Super Junior matches have been built around that. So with that, do you think Yo needs to play into that more to get over like Show has? I think Yo has done a good job in the last few matches, Damon, in establishing himself as the more of the submission-based guy who's going to work over your knee and get a, a submission maneuver. Yeah. I, I I worry about him, again, turning into the Marty Gennetti. Um And I think he's... I think he's really good, but I just think that Show has a little bit more sizzle, right? 
I will say this. I hate the, that fucking tassel. I told, I've said it before. I, you, you know I hate that fucking tassel tight thing he wears. Oh, fucking, it looks, just looks terrible. I hate it. Um, oh, well, Damon, just to jump in, I think this could be another situation like Sanada because Yo is massively over with the fans, especially Karakuen. The women and the kids particularly seem to love him. So, again, this could be one of those things where it's he, he's doing absolutely fine. It's working for him domestically, right. but just something gets lost in right. translation. Right. I think I think that's accurate. I think that's accurate because it doesn't do anything for me. But why the fuck would it? You know what I mean? Like, like they're not really sitting there. How can we connect with forty-year-old American guy? You know, I don't think that's really the target audience. Uh, but uh, I think his matches are good. Again, my my biggest concern is that for me. Show is distancing himself from Rapungi 3K, um, and I would hate for for Yo to just be, you know, mid card guy, right? Just a guy. Um, when I think he's more talented than that. But again, it's not my target. I'm not the demographic. So uh, if it's went in there, then that can be his role. No problem there. He's got Narita and Eagles left. Next, let's talk about Robbie Eagles. He's got ten points. He's beaten Taguchi, lost to Bushi, beat Doki, and beat Osprey. I'm giving an A to Robbie Eagles. And I want to talk about this Osprey match because the storytelling in that was unbelievably good. Now, there are some comments from Osprey that give it a bit of context. He says, been nearly a year since our last bout in Sydney where you bested me. That point, I knew you should be in Japan with us. I ripped the flag from my tights and handed it to you. Although things changed and you chose money, I don't blame you, but I hope I get the Robbie I faced in Australia because the guy helped me when I needed it most. You know and I know what that means. May the best man win. So we had this little backstory from their match that they had at PWA. And he also elaborated in the post-match comments about Oh, this is Osprey. He lost his love of wrestling around that time until he met Robbie, and Robbie helped him sort of rekindle his passion for the job. And the flag that he, he ripped off at PWA and gave to Robbie Eagles, Robbie Eagles still had it. He still had it, and he threw the flag back at Will to start things out. And other ways of looking at it, maybe Robbie felt he hadn't earned it yet or he didn't deserve it. I don't know. But either way, great start to this match. I mean, who imagine you get PWA callbacks in a New Japan Best of the Super Juniors match? And you can bet that we're going to see that flag again. There's going to be some kind of passing of the torch moment in the future where I'm assuming Robbie Eagles would end up becoming taking Will Ospreay's spot as the junior ace in chaos. That's how I see it playing out. But for now, we've got a story of a good kid who's a little bit lost. He's fallen in with the wrong crowd. And you can see that he wants to do things the right way. Like he had the clean break versus Osprey early on. Like he wanted to do it properly. He wanted to win doing the right thing. We had some good information from JDM on Twitter. who said, small touches that added to the match. Osprey had not used the Hidden Blade all tournament. That he even considered using it showed Eagles was a threat. That he hesitated showed he considered Eagles a mentee and a friend. Eagles had targeted limbs, but never used outside interference, low blows or weapons to cheat. He fought tough but clean. A huge contrast to stablemate ELP, who did increasingly resorted to heel tactics as the tawny progressed. I want to see Jay White completely embrace fellow slime ball. If they tag together, the heat will be nuclear, especially at Krakowin. So this match, this Eagles-Osprey match, had some crazy spots. The Shiranui, the sliced bread move onto the apron, the 450 into the Dragon Rana. And then we had the story uh, moving on at the end with El Phantasma at ringside with the chair shot. And Eagles' reaction to that was just brilliant. Like that look on his face, like, what the hell are you doing? 
And then Eagles conflicted. He reluctantly does the 450 onto the leg and the wrong Miller special. But he knew that El Fantasma had ruined his chance to prove to Osprey that he was his equal. He was angry with El Fantasma for interfering, especially after El Fantasma had cheated his way to beating Eagles earlier in the tournament. And he refused to two-sweet him at the end. And it was a nice sort of mirror to the Osprey and Rocky relationship where Rocky did will a favour by beating El Fantasma, but did it the right way. So uh, Ben says, loving the disharmony in Bullet Club, Robbie Eagles to chaos as their junior ace. And again, I think that's a great question. I think it's going to happen. Firstly, it's just, for me, great to see Eagles getting a well-deserved push when a lot of people wrote him off after El Fantasma joins and he dropped down the Bullet Club pecking order. I think he's been positioned perfectly. And there are also some notes from the Wrestling Observer that I think are quite pertinent here. So I'll read that. New Japan World subscribers have hit 122,000 with good gains coming from the start of the Best of the Super Juniors tournament. An interesting note is that the two most watched matches thus far have been Rocky Romero's matches with Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles. Some of that is because Australia and the UK are in more favourable time slots than the US, but still you think the Japanese bouts would dominate since Japan has the most subscribers. This has helped Eagles in the eyes of management. The new people who have signed up in the last week are mostly from Europe, not the US or Japan, so there's a feeling Osprey being in a key position has helped a lot. Eagles was said to be the most popular newcomer this year, with part of the reason believe that the fans are comfortable with him because he's half Asian, he's half Filipino. His new Bullet Club t-shirt is the best-selling Bullet Club shirt in Japan since the Young Bucks were taken out of the group. It was noted he's also getting over with women and children, similar to Juice Robinson, and women are a key demographic uh, they are after so I'm expecting big things from Robbie Eagles now especially on these Australia shows to me the smart move would be to book him as like the, the semi-reluctant quasi babyface partner for El Fantasma give him a long run with the junior tag titles before Eagles eventually gets tired of VLP shit and turns on him leading to the big babyface singles run for Eagles in chaos and yeah like I said he could take the place of Osprey as the junior singles ace in that faction so you were not completely convinced by Robbie Eagles when we spoke last week. What are your thoughts on him now? Absolute improvement, right? Um, and again, I wasn't like I was super down on him, but yeah, I think the feedback that you were getting about what was said um, made it felt like, yeah, that I was. Uh, no, but that definitely the tide has turned. Uh, and look, I mean, having a, having a match with Will Ospreay helps anybody's grade point average. Let me ask you this: What would what do you think was a more in ring compelling story? Robbie Eagles, Will Osprey, and El Fantasmo triangle, or Rocky El Fantasmo? And let's let's be honest here: El Fantasmo has been in the mix for a lot of these stories, right? He's a he's a common straw around. that stirs the drink. Yeah, he's the junior Jay White. Yeah, I mean not for nothing. Just uh, let's let's keep that in mind. We've heard that we've heard that before, haven't we? Uh, and yes, I would say that I was in the camp of one of those people that was concerned with Robbie Eagles uh, getting pushed aside with with uh, El Fantasmo uh, rolling in and and feeling like that was his spot as the I wouldn't say B level, but. Uh, you know the junior guy, the high flyer, sniper, uh, that that kind of role, that 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 kind of secondary junior guy that uh, felt like that was a Robbie Eagles spot. So yeah, I like that story. But I'll, let me ask you, which one do you think? Which one did you enjoy more, Rocky story or Robbie Eagles story? I enjoyed the Eagles story more. You did, yeah. 
I think there's more. I'm long-term. really invested in Robbie Eagles. I, I'm absolutely loving his work at the moment. Yeah, I gave. I, I'm I'm at a B plus for Robbie. Uh, who's he got left? He has Bandido and Yo. Okay. I mean, I'm sure there'll be good matches. Uh, okay. So you, the, probably his shining moment was the Osprey, obviously, right? Yeah, he's still in the mix. There's a four-way tie in that group with 10 points, but I don't think Robbie Eagles is going to win the block. No, me neither. All right. Good job by him. Yes, he's won me over. I, I'm in All right, question, question from uh, WeWork Stiff. How big could Robbie Eagles be in New Japan? We talk of Western expansion, refocusing on UK and Australia. Are they going to pull the trigger on our boy in the best of the Super Juniors? So what do you think could be Eagles' ceiling? Do you think he could be a future junior champion? Yeah. I mean, listen, would anybody have said Dragon Lee? If I picked that Dragon Lee's name, would you have said, yeah, he's got a good shot of winning no. that title? Right. <laughs> no way. I was right. so shocked that he won. Right. Me too. Um, so I can't, especially when it comes to the junior title, uh, they've had some crazy, like to me, that's one title that is, if you go down the history of people who have held that title, there's there's some wacky names on that list. Um, that being said, I wouldn't necessarily think that's a wacky name, Robbie Eagles winning. Yeah, I could see him winning it. Sure, absolutely. Let's talk about El Fantasmo then. He's also got 10 points. He beat Osprey, Narita, lost to Rocky, and lost to Yo. I'm giving a B plus for Fantasmo. Osprey match, really fun, flippy spot fest. And like I said before, ELP feels like the junior Jay White at the moment because he's resorting to cheating to finish his big opponents and he's got two pins over Will now and I think that Osprey match was his best match so far he was fun in the Narita match just playing the dickheads doing doing the stomps Narita stomps it's a lot of fun and he is massively over in Karakuen as well that's worth pointing out and the rope walk spot I think it's done but I'm glad that it's been reversed now uh, Narita reversed it into a belly to belly suplex Rocky counted it too so it, it, I, it, it fits the character doesn't it that he's yeah. so cocky that he thinks hey I can do this and showboat but I like to see people not just standing there like an idiot to take it and I like the finish in the Narita match where he did this cool like adjusted the body splash because Ren rolled out of the way but then he just jumped further and squashed him uh, we talked about the Rocky match superb drama amazing closing stretch and his involvement in Osprey and Eagles was key as well Again, pretending that he's helping Eagles, but we know he's looking out for himself. You know, afterwards he's like, hey, let's go for a beer, and Eagles isn't having it. And his cockiness cost him against Yo. He was still selling the arm from the uh, Rocky match. Overall thoughts on El Fantasma. I still think his wrestling is a step below the top guys in the division. And I don't think he's very interesting to watch when he's got his, his periods of control. But at this point, Damon, I don't think that's a problem because he can sell really well. He can keep up in those hot closing stretches that are synonymous with New Japan. And he's massively over with the fans. He's got great music. You go back and watch his entrance in the Rocky match. The guy, he looks and he feels and he carries himself like a main event star already. Look, I uh, I think I think your critique is fair. But I will say this. There's not... There's not a hole in the way that they've presented this guy. There's not a hole in it. They've hit a yeah, hole. Flawless. Run. Yeah, they've hit no, a I mean, hole. You, you talk about a, a guy uh, and promoting his strengths and hiding his flaws. They've done that to a T. Yep. 
absolutely. Um, I'm look depending upon what side of the bed I wake up on. I'm either at a real shiny, bright, firm, solid B plus, or I'm at an A minus for him. I really think he has made the most of this opportunity. Again, we're talking on our show about how he gets under our skin, right? People are talking about how he gets under their skin. Now, that's what a heel is supposed to do? Okay. Yes, that is. Match quality. There. I think they're, they're, they're entertaining. Uh, main events are exciting. And he's put in big-time spots. And again, he is right now, to me, the, that as we talked about Jay White before, that straw that stirs the drink. Uh, and it makes sense, and it feels right, and it doesn't feel forced. I like everything that he's done so far. Again, we, we had that one, we had the one issue, but again, that's more of a, you know. Look, it helped. It got us talking about it too. I mean, I can't say that it didn't help. It, uh, to me, it just wasn't something that I would have done, but he did, and that's that. And if the company's happy with it, then the company's happy with it. Um, and to be clear, Dale, I think him establishing tossing people's hats away is a kind of a fun heel gimmick. Right? I quite like that because from what I understand with these crowds, I think it might have been Jojo Remy who said that, who was at one of these shows. When he throws someone's hat away, the, the staff, event staff, are getting that hat back to the recipient in about 10 seconds. So, you know, it's not an issue like that. And you saw him throw away a kid's hat at Krakowin and the kid's got a big smile on his face and everyone else is smiling. So it was just that one incident, which I think was a, a poor piece of judgment. But the hat throwing in general, I think is kind of a fun gimmick for him. Yeah. I, I Yeah. Yes. No doubt about it. I mean, listen, I don't like fans touching, or excuse me, wrestlers touching fans. I just, it's just something about it that I just don't like it. Um, I, I, I truly believe there's a barricade for a reason. Fans stay on one side, wrestlers stay on the other. And I'm not a big fan of those two worlds. I don't, I'm not a big fan of you putting peanut butter in my chocolate and me putting my chocolate in your peanut butter. Um, that being said, it's worked. It's worked well because again, you you couldn't have had a better, uh, a better, you know, heel for Rocky to have what he had. Right? You couldn't have had a better. That moment couldn't have been better with anybody else. I truly believe. Um, so it was done for a reason. You got yourself a dickhead heel who put over uh, a a guy who no one thought was going to get the win in a main event, in a great match. So, hey, he's, he, he's doing his job very, very well. He's made the most of the situation. Question from Welke Braha on the Discord, who says, well, exactly what you just said, Dave. Would Rocky versus ELP match be as good as it was if ELP wasn't such an arsehole? And yeah, exactly what you said. Uh, Markeem says, if Phantasma doesn't win best of the Super Juniors, what do you have him do at Dominion? I think junior tag title match would be good. You are, I think pair him up with Eagles and then you can have that little story yeah. bubbling away underneath. It's, have that little, yeah, uh, kind of dropping breadcrumbs. Sure, that, that would be a perfect spot. And he, El Fantasma, has got Taguchi and Doki left. So you'd have to think that he is going to lose one of those matches. I could see Taguchi Taguchi. spoiling him in the me next too. match. Yeah, me too. Uh, Will Ospreay. 10 points, lost to ELP, beat Bandido and Narita, and then lost to Eagles. 
A plus for Will. He is just getting better and better. And the little things as well, the Eagles match, I just noticed his facial expressions. And he has been a guy who typically people give him a hard time for overselling things and being very comically exaggerated. But it was quite subtle and understated. These little looks of surprise, like the when Eagles went for the clean break and just this little look flickered across Osprey's eyes like, huh, okay, maybe we got something here. His selling has improved bucket loads, again, especially in this Eagles match where he was selling the injured knee in what I thought was a realistic way, buckling under his own high and flying moves. Like he did the spot of landing on his feet from the Hurricane Rana, but his knee buckled afterwards. And the story, like he's unwilling to adjust his game plan because he wants to do all this spectacular stuff. And I think Will Ospreay is very, very close, Damon, to being the total package. I do too. And uh, to me, every match that he has just adds to what is turning out to be a spectacular 2019. He is, I think it's, uh, you know, he's at the top of the list when it comes to MVP of this tournament. I think if we had a poll, we would have him very much in the mix. I, would, I think it's a two-dog race. He consistently delivers every time out. Uh, you know you're going to get a great match with him every time out. He has improved from where he is now to where he was even something that was two years ago. Will Ospreay two years ago compared to Will Ospreay now feels like, I wouldn't go so far as to say night and day, but there have been changes in the way that he presents himself, in the way that his matches are structured, and uh, and, and again, selling uh, in-ring, uh, I don't want to use the term psychology, but just in-ring awareness. And he still throws out the spectacular move to boot. He's an asset to New Japan. He is a future, uh, I would think, if his body holds out, He's a, he's a future intercontinental title holder. I think absolutely. Why not? Um, again, I don't want to get into the, is he world champion? Because, again, we, we had that argument before. I Look, he's, he, he, you can have a conversation, and I would not, like, cringe. So, uh, MVP, and, and, and again, right now, He's he's definitely in the mix when it comes to New Japan Wrestler of the Year in the halfway point. I'll tell you what. I if he's in G one, if Will Ospreay's in G one, Joel Wrestler of the Year, lock it up. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Right? If he's in G one, he's he he he's in the top three. I truly believe he's in the top three. If 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 uh, he's in G one, because he will shine. And he'll go out of his way to kill himself trying to have these great matches. He's got El Fantasma. Oh, no, he's not. I'm reading the wrong person. He's got Doki and Taguchi left. I'm expecting him to win both of those and win the block. Um, yep. Let's talk about Taguchi next. He's also got 10 points. He lost to Eagles, beat Rocky, lost to Bandido, and beat Narita. I'm giving a B, solid B for Taguchi. I don't really have a great deal to say about him. All the matches have been fine. They've been entertaining, good wrestling, funny stuff. Just solid. It's a yeah. solid hand, Taguchi. Yep, always has been, always will be. A, a B is a fair mark for him. Yeah, absolutely.
It's like you want me to go on about Taguchi. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm speeding. Yeah, up I was here, expecting right? you to go longer because no, I've it. got screaming cats in the room. You got screaming cats. You got a, you got a football game. You got to watch me try to speed it up for you. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, he's got El Phantasma and Osprey left. I think he spoils El Phantasma and then loses to Osprey in the decisive match at the end. So, uh, I, my prediction, I think we're going to end up with an Osprey and Shingo final. I've got my heart set on that because that match, man alive, A pluses for both of these guys. Not only are they having a competition to see who can win the best of the Super Juniors, but they're having their own little private competition to see who's going to be the MVP of the tournament. And you give me Shingo Takagi against Will Ospreay in the finals of the best of the Super Juniors, give him half an hour. That's match of the year material right there. I I need that match, Damon. I think you're going to get it, and I think your wishes will be fulfilled. And, uh, yeah, you got two guys. You're right. It seems like they have their own little personal who's got the best of, right? Who's going to be the MVP, not only win it, but be, you know, the guy who's the most memorable matches and the best performances. So it'll be great. It'll be spectacular. I'm looking forward to it. Um, And I think everybody has that penciled in as their final. All right, I have um, a passionate Aston Villa supporting friend who's waiting for me at a pub, and I'm going to be late, so I'm going to wrap it up there. You've got two hours this week, uh, which I think uh, we've covered all the major points. So let's take it home. Discord, you can find the link to that on the show notes. Again, really uh, knowledgeable people in there. You get lots of interesting discussion. The live show discussions is very interesting. Often you'll see myself or Damon on there, so you can chat to us about what's going on. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast. Buy one of our t-shirts. Massive thank you to editor Dan. Visit his YouTube channel 219films and his Twitter at EscapeTheBoxUK. Please subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at TheSuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye.